we are in an exercise and fitness climate where 98% of what people are doing is not essential. Before you could even contemplate anything fitness related, you have to have that filter going into it, less but better. Uh, how can I focus on what's truly essential and then eliminate everything else so that I can pour myself in to what's actually essential? Inform Nation. Thanks for being with us for episode 43 of the Inform Fitness Podcast with New York Times bestselling author Adam Zickerman and friends. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network and a client of Inform Fitness in Toluca Lake here in Southern California. Today's guest on the podcast is Luke Carlson. Luke is an American College of Sports Medicine certified exercise physiologist, a cancer exercise specialist, and has a BS and MS in kinesiology from the University of Minnesota. And the reason Luke will be with us in this episode is to discuss a book authored by Greg McEwen titled Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, and how the principles in the book directly apply to the slow-motion, high-intensity strength training protocol practiced at all seven informed fitness locations across the country and the three Discover Strength locations in and near Minneapolis, Minnesota, of which Luke is the founder and CEO. So, Luke, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming in. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Luke is actually in our office. He's, he's not calling remotely from his home base in, in Minnesota. He's actually here visiting New York. He's actually had some clients in the New York City Marathon. And here he is rooting him on, and he's still lingering in New York for a little while. And, uh, and I had to make the visit to Inform Fitness. It's always uh, the top of my New York list. Everybody else wants to see the the uh, Empire State Building, and uh, I want to see Inform Fitness in New York. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that tour bus yeah. comes right by your facility there, right, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a tour bus. Yeah, the double-decker tour yeah, bus. They always, sure. they always point out, there's Inform Fitness over there. <laughs> Adam waves out the, the window. Line outside also. It's a little bit, you know. <laughs> Everyone wants to know what that line is outside. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so, so Luke, Luke uh, has, has, is multi-talented. He, not only does he run high-intensity fitness facilities, but he's a uh, motivator, a corporate motivator, uh, and, and an incredible entrepreneur. And I heard him giving a talk on a book written by Greg McKeon called Essentialism. It's a New York Times bestseller. I read it this weekend after hearing Luke talk about it, and it's a great book on, on basically paring down what's important in your life and learning to say no. It's a big skill. Easier said than done, as it turns out. And we all want to be everything to everybody. Whether we're running a business, we don't want to ever turn a customer down, even though that customer might not be for us. We never want to say no to our kids, our employees, our friends, and we end up overextending ourselves and we basically lose sight of what's important to ourselves, our own individual wants and goals. And of course, part of that process and why it's relevant to high-intensity exercises People tend to feel the need to exercise a lot, and more is better. And uh, this book is really the opposite of that. It's do what, – what's the expression? The, the mantra over and over throughout the book is, is less but better exactly. in every area of your lives. And less if you, but you better. think about that, my goodness, it applies to how we work. Uh, all of our family interactions, but then you think about workouts, it's before you could even contemplate anything fitness related, 
you have to have that filter going into it, less but better. Uh, how can I focus on what's truly essential and then eliminate everything else so that I can pour myself in to what's actually essential? And Adam, I know you live this every day. You guys live this every day. But we are in an exercise and fitness climate where 98% of what people are doing is not essential. People don't have a clue and they haven't asked what is essential. And that's the question. That's what this whole podcast is kind of about really kind of bringing it down to what do we truly need for exercise and what don't we what's the what's the least amount we can do to get the most out of our exercise program right it's it's unbelievable when i when i read the book you know i read it about a year ago a little over a year ago and i actually heard the author speak and i thought i need to read this book and i thought son of a gun i've been practicing this type of exercise for the better part of 17 to 18 years and now he writes this book and he really provides the perfect framework or filter from which to look at exercise. So he is really saying, without talking about exercise, he's really saying all of the same things that we've been saying for so many years. There's a quote in the book, um, or he's quoting Victor Hugo actually in the book. And uh, we all know and love Victor Hugo, uh, the French dramatist. Uh, he says here, nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And Luke, just before we started recording, you had said to me, when you read this book, Adam, w weren't you relating everything to exercise? And I was like, yeah. And, and this quote in particular, when I read that, I was like, hopefully this high intensity, less is more, may, hopefully our time has come. And I know uh, Dr. McGuff talks about that, 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 you know, that the work we've been all doing the last 20 years Finally, maybe our time has come. Do you, do, you, do you kind of feel that? Sure. Yeah, I would say yes. But I also think that um, if we could somehow have every customer, every potential customer in our businesses or in the, the fitness world in general, man, if they read this book right before they walked into our facilities, <laughs> it would be like the primer and every one of them would become a client. Um, but I think we lose track of this essentialist approach, and I don't think the consumer has that lens when they're thinking about whatever those fitness decisions are going to be. And so I think it's it's a book that um, on your fitness journey, it is the right place to start is to understand this essentialist approach first and foremost. So relate the, the essentialist approach to, to exercise and how we practice exercise. In other words uh, – Repeat a little bit of what I heard on your lecture. Yeah. That, so that the first thing I would say is you have to understand what is your objective. So what is the desired outcome from working out? And here's the, the key question in simplest terms. Is your goal to hang out in a gym? Is your goal to hang out in a workout facility? Is your goal to stimulate improvements and changes to your physiology? And that is such a basic, simple question. But as soon as you ask that question – or as you, as you answer that question, you can start moving toward this essentialist approach. So I think our goal is really twofold. Our goal is, number one, to improve our health. So health is defined as the absence of chronic disease or chronic disease risk factors. And I think broadly the second goal is performance. So that might mean running a 5K faster, hitting a golf ball further, chasing our grandkids as we age or what I like to talk about, our performance in our work environments. If we are compensated be, uh, based on our mental firepower, if we're what Peter Drucker would call a knowledge worker, then my goodness, how we exercise, 
how we exercise has a massive impact on how we perform in the workplace. So if we're trying to achieve goals that are improve our health and enhance performance, then we apply this filter of essentialism and we start to realize pretty quickly, what do we not need to do anymore? What can we just cut? And then what do we double down on? What do we triple down on? What's the type of exercise that's actually an effective stimulus to, to produce these desired outcomes? And then after that, uh, it becomes pretty simple. It becomes pretty simple to realize what, uh, what do I need to eliminate? What can I avoid? Or what can I just do less of as a whole? I know we're preaching to the choir a little bit here, but using essentialism, what does the essence of exercise come down to? I know we talk, we've covered this a million times in other episodes, but let me hear from your mouth. Well, I would say this. It comes down to working against meaningful resistance to the point of muscle failure or muscle fatigue covering all the major muscle structures. And I'm telling you, 10 years ago, we thought that was important from a strength training and from a, or building strength, a hypertrophy, so muscle size, and from a bone building standpoint. Now we know it is so much more robust than that. Whether it's cognitive function and prevention of mild cognitive impairment or moving in that direction, or cardiovascular fitness, we just have so much more evidence now to say that if you strength train and you strength train right, all of those benefits are gonna come from that strength training stimulus. So keeping essentialism in mind, uh, what doesn't it entail? Well, uh, another way to approach this, another way to articulate essentialism is maybe thinking about how do we Pareto principle our workouts. What's uh -huh. the 20% of what everyone's doing right now that actually produces the 80% of the benefit? Mm -hmm. And if you look at that 20%, it's the muscular tension and it's the muscular tension at the point of failure or fatigue and cut out everything else. So we would say cut out anything that's really low level of intensity aerobic exercise. Cut out anything that is unloading the musculature. You know, we found an interesting way that the way most people exercise right now, we found a way to engineer out the three, four, or five most valuable components of really what exercise is. We've engineered out muscle tension. We've engineered out eccentric work. We've engineered out fiber recruitment. And all of those things are what exercise is. Exercise by definition is not being in a health club with sweat dripping off your nose while you're wearing Lululemon. It is actually <laughs> placing tension on muscle and getting to the point of fatigue. So it's a focus on that and less on um, some of the other things right now that we really should quantify as sport um, if we're thinking about things that are, um, are, are really popular right now. Some of the boot camp formats and the classes that are so popular right now are competition-based rather than what I would call stimulus-focused or mm -hmm. stimulus-based. So um, – so that, there's a lot to cut out, Adam. A lot to cut out. Yeah. Well, I think the problem, okay, is not in what it's not in what you're saying. It's the problem in what people believe out there. I think what people's belief in what is essential is a lot more than what we're talking about. And and there is still a lot of resistance in the medical community and in the fitness community. Uh, that, and this is just one piece of the puzzle, just when you're just trying to intellectualize the, the science and trying to convey these these simple uh, things to them. Uh, people still have this belief about cardio and the AHA still has their literature on, on their sure. prescriptions on exactly what we should be doing. Um, 
and that's where we have a barrier, you know, and, you know, it, it, um, going back, it's, you think about who are the people that you really don't have to convince to come in here? Like how, what percentage of your clients of your gyms are referrals? You yeah, know, I mean, really everyone's a referral. Almost yeah. everybody is because their friend just like, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. I have this great workout. The results are showing it, blah, blah, blah. I was able to lose weight. Oh, they were actually able to do, get all the results they're talking about in this time, but they usually don't do it until their friend does it, you know? And sure. like, uh, and you know, when we were way back when we had some like big media coverage, you know, because Barbara Walters said it, you sure. know, uh, and Leslie Stahl said it on TV, all of a sudden people were like, wow, there's probably something here, you know? But here's the yeah, see, people, people had a, Great desire to look like Barbara Walters, I think. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> okay. I, whatever, call it whatever. She's an influencer. People of it, people of influence are your friends or someone who you may be looking up. It just to. reminds me of I was at a party and somebody said, "Hey, this is Adam Zuckerman. You know, his client is Barbara you, Walters. You could look should, like her. You should try this workout." And they, and they were like, "Oh, just what I wanted. Look like Barbara freaking Walters. Yeah, look how great. look how old Barbara <laughs> Walters is, and she's still functioning and still hey, moving. It's not yeah. a matter of her looking like that. It's it's how she's functioning and moving through life. So there's your test. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, combine these two things. These are just recent observations. So, number one, the number one reason, the number one barrier to why people don't do anything fitness related is time. They say they don't have the time. And what is so incredibly interesting and coincidental and ironic is that the right prescription for them actually involves very, very little time. So, we actually have the answer for the number one barrier as to why people don't engage in exercise. Now, the other thing that I lose touch with, and I know you guys have to be in the same boat, is I rarely go into health clubs. Well, I visited two different health clubs in, in New York City over the past two days, and I walk around a health club, and I am reminded about how much time and effort is wasted when someone visits a health club. I mean, I think what we do is the right thing. I think we provide good value to our customer, and I am only reminded of that when I walk into a health club and I think, my goodness, that person was here for an hour and 20 minutes, and they did nothing, or maybe five minutes of what they did was actually beneficial for them. And so I think it's worse. I think we are less essentialist in our approach to exercise than ever. If you look at the broad fitness consumer and the fitness business as a whole. We're moving away from essentialism in, in the industry. In the fitness, you know, just, I was just thinking, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody about how I thought maybe the trend is finally changing, where, like, as Victor Hugo said, our, maybe this idea is time has come. You're saying the opposite. I just think even with, even with the popularity of CrossFit, which is a very high-intense exercise, I'm kind of thinking that maybe people are realizing that intensity is the key, less is more. Uh, even though they're doing CrossFit, at least they're understanding intensity at this point. Uh, but, you, but I guess you're disagreeing with me. Well, I agree with that, that uh, observation. The best thing CrossFit has done is to tell the population that, hey, it's okay to work at a high level of intensity. So yeah. I think we've heard that message. I just think there's so much that's super, uh, superfluous in yeah. addition to it. Um, and if they someone don't consider the, the safety. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> but if you look at, okay, so I want to do some higher level of intensity cardiovascular work. If someone wants to do that and they, they really want to be smart about it, they can do it in a 15 to 18 minute workout, absolutely. But we feel like if I'm going to go to the gym, for just 15 to 18 minutes, that can't be enough. So we find a way to include so many other facets that are just not evidence-based, they're not essentialists uh, in their approach, 
Um, and I was just utterly shocked at being in a health club just yesterday, just looking around, like wanting to call everyone in and huddle them up around me and say, you guys yeah. got to re- rethink this. You're paying the money. You bought the Lululemon. You're, you're here, but you're stopping right at the well, point about, where all of this yeah. becomes valuable. Well, you know what? The Essentialist talks about this. What, you pay, you, you're paying for a membership, right? So you have to get your money's worth. Yeah. And, and you feel like you're compelled yeah. to actually use it because you're paying for it. Uh, and and that's, that's a non-essentialist view. And the, the Essentialist is trying to say that that's illogical thinking. Yeah, there, was a, there was a bias. They call it a certain type of bias. If I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but it's, it's illogical, whatever right. the yeah. bias is. Here you're paying to have your time back, exactly. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, it's uh, people always say, "Wow, that's a lot of money for a half an hour workout," you know. And I was like, "Listen, you know, don't you pay more for faster cars, faster computers, faster planes, express well, I trains?" I always say this, you know, when I talk about the, the the visit to the dentist. If the dentist could do everything <laughs> they normally do in one half the time, yeah. would I pay the same amount of money or more? And the answer is. Absolutely yes. Like I'm not thinking, hey, let me sit here for another hour because I give really, me a discount. I want to be here longer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, do that root canal slower and give me twenty <laughs> yeah, percent off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think the I, I'm trying to figure out the exercise culture and barriers. I mean, with all the information we have now that is right there in front of us, like uh, you know, there's. And listening to the people, you know, we still have clients who they do this, they love it, but they still got to do like CrossFit classes, or they still got to do, uh, they have to all feel like they have to run five times a week or something like that. We're still having those conversations, and we don't want to get in the way of what motivates them. And maybe there's a, something external, like like they need for their heads sure. to, to be. If, a, if that's the case, yeah. And I and I can honor and recognize that then they have to understand intellectually that there's still maybe a pyramid of, of how they should look at their exercise. And that essential exercise is still their one to two yeah. really brief, intense resistance training workouts per week. Build everything else on top of that, but just don't right. forget what's essential. The, the I think foundation. The, exactly. I think right, right now the right. problem is that people are saying, well, I don't do that because right, I do this. Right. Well, you cannot swap them out. I right. mean, if you're adding other, those other things, they have to be in addition to not replacing. And yeah. I think we're in a culture where people have replaced the meaningful stimulus, the meaningful exercise. And our clients, they stay forever. Like the, you know, most people, they don't stay with other programs. They stay with us because this is the thing they could stick to. It's something they get results from and they, you know, and the, you know, the, we have had people, remember Hans Horm, he walked yeah. out the door, he loved his results here, but he, I think he thought he needed more and then he realized this was what was essential. By the way, that was the episode called The Return of the Prodigal Client. If you want to listen to that, it was a great interview. You know, I want to wrap this up, but I do want to bring up a point when we were talking about the the intense stimulus and what's important, and, and people lost sight of that. And, and if they only knew that for 20 minutes once a week, that intense stimulus will give them all they all they need. Uh, but but the essentialist also the essentialism book uh, it talks also about uh, now this is a management book and it's about how to run a company and 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 how to run your relationship. So it's not about exercise, but they do talk about having fun. That it's important to have fun. In your business, I mean, like I have on my desk right now, I have a slinky. I got guitars around the office. I mean, we know how to let off some steam around here uh, for, for that reason. Uh, but I also think it's important in our exercise program when we talk about uh, the intense workouts. It's not saying don't have fun outside of that, but don't call it exercise. Call it for what it is: fun. Recreational pursuits is about enjoyment, and stop mixing up your 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 fun with your exercise. Yeah, and in fact, by doing the right exercise, you're going to better prepare yourself for all of that fun, that recreation, the sport, the other activities that you're in, you're involved with. 
So I couldn't agree with you more. Perfectly stated. So Luke, pleasure having you here. Even though it was brief, it was great. Um, thanks for stopping by. Why don't you uh, tell our audience, you know, where they can find you, contact you, what you're doing, where you are. Yeah, so we're, we're in Minnesota and we have three locations. We're building a fourth location right now. So we have one location in downtown Minneapolis, one in Plymouth, which is a suburb of Minneapolis, another location in Chanhassen, and we're under construction right now on a Woodbury location. So we've been very much inspired by Inform Fitness and Adam's <laughs> original book. And uh, uh, if you are in the Minneapolis area, we'd love to have you drop in and experience a workout with us. Thanks again to Luke Carlson, the founder and CEO of Discover Strength, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And if you happen to be listening in the Minneapolis area, jump on over to discoverstrength.com to set up your own strength training session. We'll include links to Discover Strength in the show notes and links to Amazon and Audible to pick up the book discussed here today by Greg McEwen titled Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And as always, links to Adam Zickerman's book, Power of 10, the once-a-week slow-motion fitness revolution. Now, for those of you that reside near Manhattan, Port Washington, Denville, Burbank, Boulder, Leesburg, and Reston, we've got great news for you. At the time of this recording, which is November of 2017, there's a free session waiting for you at informfitness.com. Click the button Try Us Free right there on the homepage. Fill out the form, pick your location, and enjoy a slow-motion, high-intensity, full-body workout in just 20 minutes. Remember, strength care is the new health care. Get on board and join Inform Nation. What have you got to lose? Except perhaps maybe a few LBs. Thanks again for listening to the Inform Fitness Podcast. For Adam, Mike, and Sheila, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.